Welcome back to 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast. As always, I'm joined by John Paulson. I'm your host, Anthony Stalter. And uh, JP, I'm really looking forward to the, the matchups this weekend. I think it's going to be a great weekend of football. How you doing today? Yeah, everybody's excited about this Tom Brady New England thing. What's this backstory there? Well, see, uh, <laughs> Brady used to play in New England, and oh. now he's going back there for the first time as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a revenge a pretty game. Big, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty hashtag revenge game, uh, yeah. which I know, which I know you're big on, John. Yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> so we'll dive into that one, and we'll talk about the latest injury news, some some thoughts on Dalvin Cook and Antonio Gibson, and of course we'll do some sneaky starts a little bit later in the podcast. But before we get into any of that, John, tell us about the music today. Yes, tomorrow is actually, uh, we're recording this on Friday, October 1st. Tomorrow, October 2nd, is the fourth anniversary of Tom Petty's death, which is a sad occasion, but also a time to celebrate his music. Although every day for me is a time to celebrate Tom's music. Uh, but they released a, uh, the state released a uh, an album earlier this year. I was actually in Lake Tahoe for like our summer trip, and they released uh, what's called Angel Dream, and it's... Um, a reimagination, a reimagination of the "She's the One" soundtrack, which was a kind of a little-known album that he released on the side, um, where he basically recorded the whole album, and it was all pretty much all new tracks and some covers and things. But um, they decided to release uh, a reimagination of it, a reimagining of it. I'm not sure what the right uh, phrase there is, but to, to help. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few new tracks on there uh, that were not released, and there's one called 105 Degrees, which is just a total, it's a total banger. I listened to it like six times straight while I was doing rankings earlier this week, and it's just like <laughs> a great driving song. Um, and uh, so I'll put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which you can uh, find uh, a link for in the show notes. All right, we're, uh, outstanding. And I always like when you include some bangers, you know that, so I'm yeah. uh, I already did. I already did my my ATS picks, my spread picks article. But maybe next week I'll I'll start jamming to it, and you know maybe it'll help uh, with some of the spread plays. Although we've been pretty good thus far. <laughs> six and three, six and three ATS, John. Six and three against Very the spread. Nice. Yeah. So Very nice. your rankings are killing it. Uh, some a lot of betting content going on at four for four. So make sure if you don't have a subscription, you have one. And we've been telling you for a while now that if you want to get a free four for four subscription, just for depositing $10 at underdog or between 20 and $35 at prize picks to top it off. If you're a new FFPC user, you also get a $35 coupon to play in one of their leagues. You can get more details on that for four.com backslash plans. So again, if you want a four for a free four for four subscription, just for depositing ten dollars at Underdog or twenty to thirty-five dollars at Prize Picks, make sure you do so. FFPC users, thirty-five dollar coupon as well to play in one of their leagues. There's also a new tool at four for four. It's the break breakout receiver model. So John, tell us why we need to know about this new tool at four for four. Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's an article up uh, written by Matt Savoco. Uh, we handed him this project. Uh, once the model was built, it was built by myself and Kevin Zutlukel, who's our, one of our data uh, scientists. He's a kind of a rock star on the data front. And uh, we, we built this model, and it's, it was inspired by jo- Josh Hermsmeyer's Buy Low model, uh, which now which used to be on 444 for a season, I believe. I think it was just one season. Uh, and now it's established the run, but it basically uses, as far as I understand, what his model does is it uses air yards and some other stats in order to predict uh, receivers that are going to break out. So 
I decided to dig in and make my own model. Uh, we use Air Yards and Routes Run as two of the key components to come up with an expected uh, fantasy points for uh, every receiver. And if the player uh, is underperforming over a two or three week span, he's going to show up in the model and uh, Matt is going to, you know, write about them or talk about them a little bit, or you, you know, users will be able to see those players that are probably going to regress uh, in a positive manner in terms of, you know, catching a long pass, uh, and catching a touchdown, uh, et cetera. And I actually saw the uh, results from week heading into week three, which we didn't publish because we, you know, it was, it was a two week span and we didn't have as much data as we typically do for the model but uh, some of the names that popped in the model were Emmanuel Sanders who went nuts and caught two touchdowns Marquez Valdez Scantling who um, uh, caught a touchdown DJ Chark caught a touchdown uh, Chase Claypool had a big week uh, so those are just some of the names that uh, were in the model uh, heading into last week which we did not publish so this week he's got a list of the breakout candidates and he does some uh, uh, write-ups on some of the players that uh, pop in the model and uh, it's it's good for DFS and it's also good if you are you know wondering about you know maybe a player that's underperforming on your bench you're wondering about their usage you know should you start them this week because I do some of these guys that are underperforming but have the usage I do rank them a little higher in the rankings uh, because there is a good chance that they're going to break out with a big game and that's you know help my uh, receiver accuracy over the last uh, year because we did uh, build, build it heading into last season and tested it last year and the results were very encouraging so we're really excited about it it's free this week for those that don't have a subscription um, but if you want to see it on a weekly basis you should get a subscription let's dive into the latest fantasy news speaking of wide receivers dj chark what a devastating blow for chark who was who's been diagnosed with a broken left ankle he's out indefinitely he was carted off the field last night with the leg injury, he's in a contract year, so this is not great for DJ Chark. Obviously, he's being dropped uh, league-wide in redraft leagues. John, who I hate to say it this way because he's he's injured, but from a fantasy perspective, who who benefits now in Jacksonville? Well, interestingly, last night it, it was you know I would have thought maybe a I don't know Tyron Johnson or you know somebody else might have stepped in, but it was actually uh, Tavon Austin who played seventy-three percent of the snaps. Uh, LaVisca Chenault played 75%, which I think is his usual. And then Marvin Jones obviously played 93% of the snaps. This is probably more of a boost to Jones and Chenault. I don't know that Taven Austin is you know, going to you know suddenly become uh, a thing uh, in Jacksonville, but it does seem like they you know want to at least have him on the field. He didn't, I'm not even, I've seen one catch for eight yards for Tavon. So I don't like think there's a big response to this. You know, Chenault probably becomes... Uh, more startable. He's gotten off to a slow start this year, but last night he had six for ninety-nine on seven targets. So that's a you know really good response for him um, with with Chark out, and then you know Jones and Chenault are going to be pretty startable in this offense. Uh, it's a downgrade for Trevor Lawrence because of, you know he's losing a weapon. Let's move on to Dalvin Cook, running back for Minnesota. He's got an ankle injury. Did not play last week, John. He's limited on Wednesday and Thursday. What's your advice for? for uh you know fantasy players that have dalvin cook you can't uh count on it but the nice thing is this week is that uh minnesota plays early we'll see what he does today i think the limited on wednesday and thursday with an ankle injury is point to him, pointing to him playing but i don't think he's participating in all the 
the drills, which is what limited means. But as of right now, if if he's back on a Wednesday, I usually there's no setback. I usually you know put him in the rankings. That's what I did with Cook. I think he's probably going to play. And like I said, he plays early, so that's good. If he's out, then Madison, you know, Alexander Madison proved last week that he's a low end RB one, at least a high end RB two. Uh, when he's uh, the bell cow there in, in Minnesota. Elijah Mitchell, running back for the 49ers, dealing with the shoulder injury, also limited Wednesday and Thursday. Do you think he leads this backfield in touches if he's able to return? Yeah, this is not quite as clear as the Dalvin Cook returning to a bell cow role. Uh, but Mitchell, the, the the week that he was hurt, which which was the second week uh, that he was the starter in, in San Francisco, he uh, scored a touchdown that got overturned. He didn't have a great yard. Jay was like 40-something yards rushing, but I think he had 19 touches. Uh, so it, it was the right decision to to go out and get him because it, you know, he was the, the lead in back in that backfield, and I think he still is. It, you know, Trey Sermon did nothing uh, last week to win that job. He actually split time with Kyle Juszczyk, uh, which doesn't show a whole lot of confidence, you know, yet in in Sermon. Uh, and it wasn't really, you, you look at some of his carries, it, it was, you know, some missed blocks on the offensive line and things, but it wasn't like Sermon tore it up uh, and uh, won that job. So I think if, if Mitchell's back and uh, is able to, to practice this week and is playing, um, he will he will lead this backfield and carries, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, the problem here is uh, San Francisco plays late, so uh, fantasy managers are going to have to, you know, plan, plan for that. Uh, you may not know if he's questionable. And it's a game-time decision. You may not know until uh, late in the day whether or not you can start him. Darrell Henderson of the Rams, limited with the ribs ribs injury both on Wednesday and Thursday. Does he return to that 16 to 17 touch range that he saw in the first two weeks? Uh, that's a good question. I think the second game he, he got nicked up a little bit early. Um, the I think he's probably the lead back and in, in from like a 15 to 17 touch uh, standpoint, uh, that's what he was seeing early last year. There's a five or six game stretch where he saw 15.5 touches per game. I think that's what they'd like to limit him to, and they couldn't really do that in week one because Sony Michelle is just fresh off uh, the plane, still trying to fight in his apartment. Um, but now that Michelle has you know some experience in this offense and should know the offense at this point, um, probably more of a normal lead back uh, backup. Uh, you know, rotation that we'll see. So I think we're probably going to, you know, settle into a, a 15 to seven touch roll for, uh, for Henderson. I got the, the Rams play late. So we're not hundred percent sure that he's going to, to, to play and uh, fantasy managers need to be prepared for that. Antonio Gibson did not practice on Thursday with a shin injury. JP Finley of NBC tweeted out that he, he had spoke with some folks last night and there's little concern about Antonio Gibson missing Thursday's practice. He's expected back today. Full go for Antonio Gibson managers? Yeah, it sounds like uh, the beat writer there did uh, some research and it doesn't sound like it's too serious. Washington plays early, so uh, fantasy managers can be prepared uh, and make a change if they need to. It's just somebody to keep an eye on when uh, inactives come out. and We'll see what he does today. If he's a, if he's a full go or even a, a limited, I think he's probably going to be good to go. Adam Schefter of ESPN is reporting that James White is expected to miss the remainder of the 2021 season due to the hip injury. What's the impact there on the New England backfield? Uh, we know that Sony Michelle was traded to the Rams in the offseason, so no longer there. Uh, the offensive line isn't great in New England, so what's the impact from the James White injury? Well, I think owner, fantasy managers were 
you know, jumping all over maybe JJ uh, Taylor, uh, but it was actually, and, and you know, I think it's in a deeper league, it's 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 fine to pick up some prospects like that. But immediately, what happened was Brandon Bolden took over the, the James White role. He played forty six percent of the snaps. He saw three carries for a negative one yard. He saw the most targets and out of the backfield, four targets, caught three for three uh, for twenty three yards. They do not trust uh, Damian Harris in uh, pass protection, and his uh, PFF grades in that area are not great. So uh, it really, like, especially for this week, I think I'm a little worried about Damian Harris and his his production if he's you know running the ball only and is not on any passing downs because they don't trust him to pass protect uh, against a very tough Buccaneers rush defense. It could be a very, very quiet, quiet day like he had last week where he, you know, had six carries for 14 yards against a very, very tough uh, Saints rush defense. So, uh, you know, they might get Taylor ready to, to play more of that James White role. But I think, you know, looking at what's going on, you know, as of last week, it was Brandon Bolden in that role. So, it doesn't mean anybody's startable here. I mean, I think in, as far as this week, I probably would stay away from all these uh, Patriot running backs. But I think long term, you have to kind of keep an eye on who gets that James White role. And then you, you can start Harris in in favorable matchups where they are going to be able to run the ball. But I think this, this week's going to be tough. Tyler Lockett, this is a big decision for fantasy managers, John. Tyler Lockett has the hip injury. He was banged up last week in that loss to the Vikings, limited on Wednesday. Did not practice on Thursday. This is not trending in a in, the, in a good direction for Tyler Lock Tyler Lockett managers. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to what he's able to do today. Uh, about half the time, Edward Dr. Edward Porras on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, if you follow him, he had a good uh, tweet uh, about Lockett's potential availability. And a lot of it comes down to whether or not they at least he at least gets a lot uh, a limited practice in today if he does then it's very likely he'll be able to play on Sunday if he's out today uh, did not practice today then it's very likely uh, he's going to be sitting out so the if, if he's a do not practice today Seattle plays late I wouldn't risk it I would you know play your best play uh, unless they there's some some weird positivity over the weekend because it you know just in in general it, it comes down to the Friday practice where not whether or not they're going to be available on Sunday. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, both did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. They're both dealing with hamstring injuries. A.J. Brown, as uh, you were talking, you and I were talking about it earlier before the podcast, A.J. Brown was in street clothes. Uh, what's the impact on Ryan Tannehill, John? Well, it's not great. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, know a lot, I know a lot of followers of 444. Uh, subscribers drafted Tannehill on my advice. I was very encouraged by play in week two and especially week three uh, with the three touchdowns. He, he generally does very well at home, uh, averages 2.4 something uh, pass touchdowns and another half rush touchdown. And he delivered three touchdowns last week, the, the QB8 score. Uh, and that was with Brown being knocked out for most of the game. So I was very optimistic, uh, you know, at that point. But with Brown out, and then Julio dinged up, uh, you know, they're kind of down to Nick Westbrook, Ikine, who had four for 53 and a touchdown on four targets last week. Uh, you know, Josh Reynolds, uh, uh, Chester Rogers, these are the receivers that he may be throwing to uh, this week on the road against the Jets, uh, who actually have been really tough uh, against passing games. So Tannehill, I would sit down. There's some other options 
available uh, on the waiver wire, probably in your league. We took we picked up uh, Taylor Heineke in uh, one of my FFPC leagues that I'm running with Pat Fitzmorris uh, to start him this week. We tried to get Sam Darnold, uh, but he got we got outbid. So those are the types of players that might be available on the waiver wire you can pick up and, and start. You know, Kirk Cousins is a great start if he's available. Uh, so I would I would uh, press pause on the Tannehill uh, thing and uh, you know wait until he's got at least one good healthy receiver to throw to. Uh, we'll see if Jones is able to practice today. I, I feel like Brown is out with that injury, you know, being ruled out so quickly and showing up in street clothes uh, during the game. Um, Julio, you know, f- quote unquote, finished the game, but he really didn't because he was sitting out the last quarter, staying on the sideline, uh, and uh, they they called it uh, management after the after the game. But really, he was dealing with an injury. So we'll see if he's able available uh, today to, for practice or if he's available on uh, Sunday. He's a decent start if he is. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a very big, uh, Derrick Henry week. I think, uh, Jets struggle against the run and he does very well on the road. So I think, you know, I'll be dialing up Derrick Henry and DFS this week. What a shocker that, that, uh, Julio Jones is banged up, uh, just a <laughs> model of consistent health over the years, John Chase, yeah, Chase yeah. Claypool that if, oh, you're bitter, bitter Falcon, Falcon fan. You're damn right. I'm a bitter Falcon <laughs> fan. Uh, Chase Claypool, hamstring, limited on Thursday. Deontay Johnson, knee, full practice on Thursday. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, ribs, limited on Thursday. This Steelers offense has been dreadful, and now you got a bunch of banged-up receivers. From a fantasy perspective, John, what do you think here? Yeah, I believe this, uh, and you know, I'm sure they'll correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, but I believe the, the Claypool uh, injury was a downgrade, midweek downgrade, which is – indicates that they perhaps, you know, Claypool perhaps tweaked his hamstring in practice uh, and then was limited on Thursday. Or maybe he was just dealing with some soreness from the previous game and reported it to trainers, so they shut him down on Thursday. So we'll see what he's able to do on Friday. It looks like Deontay Johnson's going to play. His full full practice on Thursday indicates that he's going to play, so that's great for him and uh, fantasy managers who have him rostered. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with the limited on Thursday after it did not practice on Wednesday He's trending the right way as well. Friday practice will be key for all these guys. Uh, it's not a great matchup against the Packers. Uh, you know, Packers are pretty good against the pass or against receivers right now, at least. But you know, Jair Alexander being kind of a shutdown corner, um, and uh, Eric Stokes is playing well um, for them. Their first round draft pick. So uh, some of these receivers may not have the best matchups, but uh, they're not going to. They're going to have a tough time running the ball. As well, the offensive line's bad. They're, they're averaging very few yards per game on the ground. Um, so there should be plenty of pass attempts available, especially if the Packers run out to a, a lead. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. They've got hamstring injuries. Kenny Galladay limited both days as well due to a hip injury he's been dealing with now for the last couple of weeks. It doesn't look good for the Giants. doesn't look good for Daniel Jones. This Giants offense, we just got done talking about the Steelers offense, this Giants offense is a mess as well. Yeah, uh, Galladay has been dealing with this hip injury, and he did. They, they did. there was a report prior to, you know, roster lock on Sunday that he was going to see reduced snaps in week three, and he did. He saw 69% of snaps versus 84% or more in the first two games. He caught four passes for 64 yards and on five targets. Uh, it was kind of surprising they still saw reduced snaps, even though Shepard and Slayton were ruled out of the game. Uh, but Kadarius Tony saw 66% of the snaps. Colin Johnson 
had 49% of the snaps, and he actually led the team in targets with seven and had five catches for 51 yards. So he's a player to keep a an eye on. Uh, and then Evan Ingram had six targets. You know, he caught two for 21. I think he had a fumble. Uh, but, you know, that's probably the, the way to capitalize on this situation is Evan Ingram at the worst uh, position in football that's so top-heavy at tight end, which is why, you know, we advocate, advocate uh, drafting a tight end early. Um, Evan Ingram is a possibility, you know, streaming streaming possibility is, is, a, is a player who's going to get some enhanced usage here if, if Shepard and, and Slayton are out. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, hamstring injury, did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, said that the team will take the team will take the week to see if he can play on Sunday. Of course, I think I benched Valdez-Scantling for the first time last week, and naturally he scored a touchdown. What do you think about Scantling's injury, Valdez-Scantling's injury, and his prospects of not only playing but producing against the Steelers on Sunday? Yeah, you know, you could be – it's understandable why you benched him. He had – well, you know, one catch or something in two weeks, but uh, the, the regression was going to happen eventually. And uh, he had a, did have a good game against San Francisco, even though he only had like four targets. But uh, he caught a big pass, a uh, big a big gainer, and then uh, had a touchdown. And then he had to sit out the last drive. Uh, it looked like he had tweaked his hamstring, and you know they're going to take it all the way to Sunday. I wouldn't, uh, you know, a speed guy like Scantling, I wouldn't count on him. Uh, you know, more of a low volume speed guy. Even though um, you know, I think he he's a lot faster than the corners that the uh, that the Steelers have, but the safeties they have are pretty fast. Um, I think he could end up having a good day, but it's not something I want to uh, you know count on when he has missed practice and is dealing with a, with a hamstring. And he's you know speed is his primary uh, asset of his game. Gronk ribs injury did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says there's no way he misses Week Four versus the Patriots. I, I doubt he would, and he's probably going to score three touchdowns, right, John? I, I would think at least one, uh, with, especially with his touchdown uh, production. Although, um, you know, Bill Belichick may decide they're going to put three people on him because they don't. He doesn't want to look at a Gronk spike. <laughs> uh, he'd rather give he'd rather give up touchdowns to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown even then watch uh, Grok uh, spike the football. Uh, but, you know, I, there's, there's nothing precluding the fact that uh, Godwin scores a touchdown, hands the ball to Grok, and, <laughs> and then Grok <laughs> spikes it. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I would expect a good game from the, this entire offense. Uh, the, I would, you know, more bullish on the passing game. Uh, I think Tom Brady might run a touchdown in as well if he has an opportunity to sneak it in. So he can spike the football. Uh, you know, revenge game, revenge narrative. This is going to be a fun one to watch with them, uh, you know, maybe bad blood between Brady and, and Bill Belichick, you know, the way they left things, although uh, they had so much success together, they really should be more of a, you know, a celebration of that than any sort of anger. Yeah. They, I think they're the two of the most competitive dudes uh, on this, in this, in this world. So you're right. It was so much success that they had together. It should be a celebration, but uh, you know, it's going to be the exact opposite on Sunday night. It should be fan. <laughs> it should be fantastic. I really, I really believe that. All right. Uh, George Kittle. Last injury news, and then we'll get into a couple things, uh, some housekeeping items, and then some sneaky starts from John. So George Kittle did not practice Wednesday or Thursday dealing with the calf injury. John Lynch, general manager of the 49ers, said that he's got a calf that's a little tight, so he's working through that, but George usually rings the bell and shows up. For George Kittle managers, John, do you anticipate that they they will have George Kittle in the lineup and he's ready to go? It should be a shootout between Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah, it's a... It's a big game. Uh, I think if he's 
close to being able to go. I think he'll go. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was on KNBR, I believe it was today or this morning. He, they asked about his availability, and he said, I hope so. It's not guaranteed. We're hoping it would heal a little more. So it sounds like they haven't seen the progress this week. I guess he went through the walkthrough on Thursday, and it was a little tight. It was bothering him a little bit, so they shut him down. Uh, so we'll see if he gets a limited, uh, practice in today at all. Uh, if he does, then I think he's probably good, but, uh, you know, you're looking at a late game again and, and, uh, fantasy managers going to have to decide, uh, whether or not they think he's going to play. You could plug in uh, like Ross Dwelly, you know, on, you know, just from this team, cause he would benefit the most, um, in this offense if, if Kittle were out. Uh, but there are some other late, like another guy that, I would have my eye on if I'm a Kittle owner is that our Kittle manager is that uh, Will Disley is likely to get most of those tight end snaps for the Seahawks with uh, Gerald Everett on the, on the COVID list. Uh, so I'm looking at the late games right now and maybe Pat Fearmuth, uh, the rookie out of from Pittsburgh might be available to, to plug and play if, if Kittle's out. Um, and that is about, it looking at these maybe Hunter Henry's out there on your on your waiver wire, uh, but that's about it for those late games. Jerry Cook, I got to mention him every podcast. I get an extra five bucks. <laughs> uh, so I think that's where I would go with Kittle. I, you know, we'll see what he does today. If he if he practices today, then I think he'll probably be able to to play against Seattle. It's a huge game for them. All right, this podcast brought to you by Super Draft Fantasy, the official fantasy partner of Caesars Rewards. The most accurate podcast listeners get an instant $20 deposit match with their first deposit by using the promo code 444. That's the number four, F-O-R, number four at registration. Anyone who deposits gets a free 444 t-shirt and is entered to win $444. You see what we did there, John, 444. $444 in cash every week for the, for, for the next four weeks. Just go to 444.com backslash superdraft for more details. Get in now to play Super 15, a game everybody has seen in memes, but nobody could play until now. You'll recognize it as soon as you see it, and for the first time, you'll be able to win money playing it. Use the fo- the code 444, number 4, F-O-R, number 4, on the Super Draft app for your instant $20 deposit match, and try it out for yourself. We've been telling you about Underdog as well. want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It's Underdog Fantasy in their brand new Pick'em game. Just pick over uh, over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to $20 your money in it, uh, up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players, and you could take home some cold, hard cash this weekend. Head to 444.com. Backslash underdog, claim your free 444 Pro subscription and get $10 in bonus cash to play this weekend. So a couple of great ways to earn some money this weekend just by doing your fantasy football homework. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football and then we'll get into some uh, sneaky starts, John. It, it It was another game in which Trevor Lawrence... Had Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's team up, they're up double digits, and another game in which Joe Burrow stormed back, and the Bengals pick up a win. They are now three and one on the season. Kind of a surprising start for the Bengals. Certainly, they they really haven't played anybody yet. Although they're look, you go into Pittsburgh. I don't care what shape the Steelers' offense is in. You go into Pittsburgh and pick up a win. That's impressive. So really nice start for the three and one Bengals. For the Jaguars, they're zero and four. Let's let's start off with the Jaguars' stats. 
Rookie Trevor Lawrence, 17 of 24, 204 yards. He did not turn the ball over, which was which was good. Uh, had a big-time throw to LaVisca Chenault for uh, a, a big game. From a running standpoint, Lawrence didn't have a touchdown. James Robinson, I think this is the big one. You had Carlos Hyde in, inactive before the game. I know a lot of people kind of rushed to get James Robinson into their lineups. He paid off 18 carries, 78 yards, two touchdowns. Lawrence also had eight carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. Chenault, who I mentioned before, six catches for 99 yards. Hit the big one, the big catch for 52 yards in the process. Dan Arnold, who was acquired earlier this week for the cornerback C.J. Henderson, he comes over, catches two passes for 29 yards in the process. He, he was targeted only twice. Jamal Agnew had a catch in 27 yards. Marvin Jones Jr., three catches for 24 yards. That kind of wraps up. Jacksonville's uh, stat line. I think James Robinson, John, that's that's the big one that the fantasy owners wants to talk about. Yeah, and it was uh, apparently uh, Carlos Hyde got to the stadium and his shoulder didn't feel right, so they just decided to make him a scratch. And uh, certainly that benefits Robinson. He had the 18 carries, just one catch and only two targets, which is maybe a little concerning or not, not as great as you'd like. Uh, and then, you know, looking at uh, Marvin Jones's line, uh, just three targets, three catches for 24 yards, especially with DJ Chark um, out, uh, probably frustrating for Jones owners. And this happens sometimes with him. He'll have a stretch of really good games, and then you think he's going to you know, have a, another one, and he ends up with one of these types of lines where uh, just doesn't get the volume that you're expecting uh, from him. Uh, and then I think on the optimistic side, you know, Chenault uh, managers would really, you know, be be happy with six for ninety nine every week, especially in PPR formats. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow had a breakout game, twenty five of thirty two, three hundred and forty eight yards, two touchdowns, a ten point nine yards per attempt average. I mean, he really lit it up, especially in the second half. They went spread. They went empty backfield, and Joe Burrow just picked apart Jacksonville's defense. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Joe Mixon, 16 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. From a receiving standpoint, he was targeted twice. He had one catch, no yards, but a decent day because of the touchdown, John. And then from a wide receiver standpoint, Tyler Boyd went off. Nine catches, 118 yards on 11 targets. C.J. Uzuma, five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns on six targets. Jamar Chase, the rookie wide receiver that Joe Burrow continues to hook up with week after week. No touchdowns this week, but six catches for 77 yards. This Bengals offense really took took shape last night, John, in the win over the Jags. Yeah, and as a uh, person who does you know fantasy projections for a living, pretty frustrating that Yuzuma gets, gets the two touchdowns that I thought would go to uh, Boyd or perhaps uh, Chase. Uh, Chase ranked pretty high this week uh, after what he's been doing to start the season with T. Higgins out. So, you know, T. Higgins out, you would expect those touchdowns to, to go to Boyd and Chase, uh, but Yuzuma gets both of the passing touchdowns. Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty athletic guy, and he's had some stretches where he's been productive. Um, I think he had the Achilles injury last year, missed the entire year. Um, but you know, for tight end streamers might want to take a look at him. Uh, although when, when Higgins comes back, I don't know what sort of volume he's going to see uh, with Boyd, Chase, and Higgins, uh, the miles to feed there. Uh, glad to see Mixon get into the end zone. He picked up a little uh, ankle injury, so he wasn't in on the final drive, so his stats are a little bit lower because of that. But the other thing I'm a little worried about with Mixon is 
again, just like Robinson, only two targets in the passing game. He caught one for zero yards. I would like to see him more involved there, you know, getting the three to four uh, targets, or at least, uh, I'm sorry, four or five receptions, the three or four catches per game uh, that he's capable of, but they're just not using him uh, that much as a receiver. Let's get into some sneaky starts. This is one of my favorite times of the week. I, I find it ex- extremely helpful when it comes to DFS play. Uh, I find it extremely helpful when it comes to, you know, when you're doing prize picks and you're doing underdog fantasy and things like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, John, let's, let's highlight a couple of the quarterbacks first. We'll start with Sam Darnold and Taylor Heineke. And Heineke is playing a, a bad Atlanta team. And Sam, Sam Darnold is facing a Dallas defense that is coming off a big win, but he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. Why do you like these two guys? Yeah, I mentioned these guys earlier as possible streamers for for Tannehill owners uh, because they're pretty widely available on waiver wires. I don't know that Darnold is anymore. He's he's been he's been play, you know, low end QB one thus far. Uh, he's had an average of two hundred ninety six yards passing, one passing touchdown while adding five yards rushing and one rushing touchdown per game, which is pretty impressive. I know he's got. We, we knew coming out that he had some wheels and he had a little bit of that Konami code that makes, you know, fantasy quarterbacks so valuable. Uh, but uh, he's definitely in the red zone looking to, to scramble and score by his legs. And the Cowboys have given up an average of 348 yards passing and 2.3 touchdowns per game to Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady. Those quarterbacks are probably, you know, Herbert and Brady are ahead of Darnold in terms of talent or, you know, their career. Hurts is probably... Um, similar at this point to Darnold, but uh, you know this game is likely to be pretty high scoring. The, the uh, Cowboys' offense is doing pretty well, and they're going to put up some points. Uh, so uh, Darnold should have a good game. And then Heineke, uh, I, you know, it's this matchup against your Falcons. They're 17th in just a fantasy points around the quarterbacks, which isn't anything outrageous. Uh, they did decent against Daniel Jones, and that's pr- pretty much why that that metric is where it's at. They probably be a little bit lower. Uh, he had 266 yards and no touchdowns, but they gave up uh, five touchdowns to Tom Brady, uh, three touchdowns to Jalen Hurts in the first two weeks. Uh, but Heineke has uh, 548 yards passing and four touchdowns in two weeks, and he added uh, 27 yards rushing and a score on the ground. So I think this could be, you know, the Washington defense is not playing as well as we thought they would. So this is kind of a sneaky shootout spot, and I think Heineke uh, can produce for you. How about a running back, Leonard Fournette? He's, he's not being talked about at all because it's all Brady and Gronk as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New England. Uh, but you like Leonard Fournette this week. Yeah, it's partly because of the, you know, the, the news early or late last week that he was going to start. So I think he's moved ahead of Ronald Jones. Uh, the, the touches last week were fairly close. Uh, but Jones is in the backup. I mean, they combined for nine carries for 19 yards. So they basically gave up running the ball, but the, the Patriots are 26th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And if the Bucks get out to a lead, you could see a lot of Fournette. Uh, the other issue here is Giovanni Bernard uh, has a sprained MCL, so I don't know if he's going to play at all. And if he doesn't play, then I think Fournette is the is passing down back there. Uh, Bernard had 9 for 51 and a touchdown as a receiver. Uh, so if you, you, know, you kind of look at what this offense might look like without Bernard, it's probably going to be 60... 70% for net, and I think this is a favorable situation for him and, uh, you know, maybe a good chance to score a touchdown and catch three or four passes in addition to 10-plus carries. Corey Davis and Brandon Ayuk are two wide receivers that you find to be sneaky starts this week. Yeah, Corey Davis, you know, started hot. Uh, he had 
five catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns uh, on seven targets in week one. We remember all the targets that he saw in the preseason from Zach Wilson. They have a good rapport. Uh, the, the issue has been the last two weeks with this offense is facing the Patriots and the Broncos uh, d- defensively and just two really tough matchups. Uh, so I think they do bounce back against the Titans uh, this week. Um, and so, so Wilson, in addition to, to Corey Davis, just favorable matchups, I think is going to lead to a good fantasy outing for both, both players. And then with Ayuk, uh, you got to look at his, you know, he's, <laughs> he's been a weird season for him already. Um, had the hamstring injury was behind Trent Sherfield. Uh, but his snap counts are now getting back to normal 47% to 54% in week two, and then to 86% in week three. Uh, he caught four passes for 37 yards and a touchdown against the Packers on Sunday night. He's got a pretty nice matchup with the Seahawks. They're 16th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And uh, the, the more favorable matchups are on the outside there with DJ Reed and Trey Flowers. So uh, I, I like Ayuk. And, you know, this might be your last chance to, to, to trade and, and get him at a, uh, a lower uh, you know trade value. Uh, I think he's probably, you know, heading into what the season that we thought he was going to have when we drafted him. And then a couple of tight ends before we sign off today. Dawson Knox and Tyler Conklin. Yeah, I don't know if everybody knows this, but uh, Dawson Knox is the number six tight end in fantasy right now. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, so he has two touchdowns uh, on the season. He surpassed 41 yards receiving in two or three games, and that will get you the number six uh, tight end spot in fantasy right now uh, <laughs> with given the state of the position. Uh, the Texans have yielded an average of seven receptions for 77 yards, 0.3 touchdowns per game to opposing tight ends this season. They're 31st in just fantasy points allowed to the position. Uh, he's attached to a great quarterback and a you know heavy pass uh, passing attack, and the Bills should put up a lot of points against the Texans, and maybe Knox finds the end zone again. Uh, you know, Conklin heading into the season was one of my favorite uh, like last round picks in uh, tight end premium formats because. Uh, of the Irv Smith injury, uh, he had a couple, you know, kind of a slow start uh, to the season. But in week three, uh, he had seven catches for seventy yards and a touchdown against the Seahawks. Um, he, he's he's not an air yards guy. He's more of a I'm going to catch the ball around, you know, the line of scrimmage and make a couple guys miss or you know try to gain some yards that way. Um, but he's twelfth in targets at his position with five point three, so he's definitely involved in the offense. So I think he's I think he's uh, startable this week against the Browns. This should be a, a you know kind of a sneaky high scoring game as well. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. If you enjoyed this podcast, great. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Most Accurate Podcast. Don't forget about the new tool at 444, the breakout receiver model that John was talking about earlier. Don't forget about the free 444 subscription just for depositing $10 at Underdog or $20 to $35 at Prize Picks. Check out our great friends at Super Draft Fantasy as well. That's a 444 code for TM, TM, uh, TMAP users at registration. You can win $440 in uh, cash every week. Get a free for four, free for four subscription as, or a t-shirt, excuse me, for as, uh, as well. And uh, Underdog, our partners at Underdog, Underdog Fantasy, check out their brand new Pick'em game as well. We'll be back next Friday on the Most Accurate Podcast. Best of luck this weekend in everything you do in fantasy. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter, and we will see you next time at the Most Accurate Podcast.
<laughs> we got, we a, got million a million of them. 